Welcome to a new season of At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. We're glad that you're joining us today. We're really excited about this next season. As this podcast shifts from what it used to be, which was a lot of sermon-based topics, to what it is going to be now, and that is topics that are surrounding the home. That could be everything from marriage and family to parenting. And so we're excited for this next season of the podcast. And today, sitting around the room with me is Angie Brenneman. Dustin Eby, Brant Nine, I'm Chris Knight, and we're glad that you're joining us today as we talk about families today on this first podcast of this new season. Angie, family is important. Family is critical. Yes. yes. What do you want to talk to us about with regards to family? Well, I think we know that family means a lot to all of us because it's become a word, a kind of a buzzword. You even go to sports teams right now and they kind of say, hey, welcome to the family. You know, you're a part yeah. of the family. And even on um, when I dropped my daughter off at college, guess what they said? Welcome home. It's yeah. a, like a family. You're coming into something that you are participating in and you are a member of. And so I think um, we're going to try to structure this word family on purpose because this podcast is going to become something that's uh, kind of the uh, place that we talk about the subjects, but we're going to offer resources. Mm -hmm. We're going to offer opportunities to plug in different ways through our website, through some blogs and some just overall conversation surrounding the home, which I think needs to happen. I, I think you all agree around the table. This needs to happen. We all have questions in our head going, what do we do about this? How do we handle this? And so today we're just going to take this subject of family and we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about where families are today, how they relate to the church, how it relates to what God's Bible and um, his word has said um, in regards to family and what we're going to do about it here at Walk EMC and how we're addressing that. So Number one, Brant, what do you see that you're you're the executive leader here at church? So you look at a lot of data here at church. Yep. And one of the data pieces you look at is attendance, correct? Yeah. Yep. And so you see that t attendance has changed over time. So one of our LifeWay research places has said that a lot of families, 18 to 34-year-olds, which you would fall into that, right? You and your family. I do fall into that, Angie. Thank you. Yes, yep. you're welcome. And But they only attend two times a month. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things I've written down here that goes right along with that is that there are so many influences in life right now. And that setting prior priorities is more important than ever. And, and that goes with your family. And what are you prioritizing? What are you making important? And there's so many things that are offered throughout the week and now even on Sundays that are, are causing families to make decisions of what they're going to prioritize. And so, you know, going along with that, you, you have 36% of 18 to 34-year-olds attend two times a month. That was in 2019, but that statistic has actually fallen to 26%. And, and we see that because, you know, it's just not a priority mm -hmm. in a lot of families. Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of an a la carte idea. Hey, you can pick and choose what you want to do. And church is kind of in that a la carte option. Uh, Dustin, do you feel that as you've seen even working with the youth kids and um, throughout your years here, now working with adults and assimilation and all the things that you do here, doesn't this have a huge impact into planning your week out in a way of where we're going to go to church today? Does that come up in people's minds, do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, of pressures on, you know— it, different pressures that come with, you know, within a family. And 
with the scheduling aspect and trying to prioritize what is most important. And there's a lot of things that do, they battle for your time. And so it's not just adults, it's students as well. And I mean, I remember growing up, I mean, nothing touched Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights were church nights. And now that's just not the case, whether it's, you know, a lot more homework for students, it kind of bleeds in to their schedule or it's the sports schedule with practices that are going later. So it's harder for these kids to attend the youth things. There's just a lot more activities and even on Sunday mornings. I mean, Brent already hit on this a little bit, but there's so many things that are even being offered on Sundays as well. So the days that we felt like were separated, those specific times for families to be at church are just are harder. Yeah, yeah, they are totally are. So I come back to our senior pastor sitting over here in the room, and you're the one that comes on a Sunday prepared, ready to to preach God's word. But yet, you know, you see that your goal and your heart in the um, mission of, hey, we want to get these people here. But it, our ultimate goal is for them to go outside of these walls and actually live out their faith, because we are all about discipleship. So this church, even though we can talk about attendance, that's actually not our number one goal. Yeah, Angie, thank you for telling people that I do come on Sunday prepared, uh, because that, that is, is mostly it's true. It is true. <laughs> okay, I, thank you. Uh, but you are right. I mean, you are correct in saying that our goal here as a ministry is not to create a come to us type of mission. Our our goal is to equip families to lead this out in their home, live this out in their home, but not just live it out in their home, live it out in their community, because that's where families then impact other families. It's discipleship. Mm-hmm. And that is our goal. Our goal is not to see how big of a church we can grow. Our goal is to see what kind of impact we can have in our region for Jesus. Yeah. And uh, that starts in the home. Right. And so going off of that, it's not just about attendance, but I want to point out another stat that LifeWay Research gave us. And that is among American parents of children under the age of 14, only 13% have a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Among self-identified Christians, it is only Two percent. Oh, biblical worldview. When you read that, what do you think? I'm, I'm curious because I had read read this in the uh, show notes, and I was thinking through this topic. I was curious though. We haven't talked about this. What was what's your take when you read that? Well, I'm. I actually. I wasn't surprised because I think oftentimes with our Western culture and how we've done church, we've talked about church more than worldview. Because worldview is God's view and how he sees every person, his story coming out through scripture, but also in real time in our lives and what he's designed for us and our mission. And I, for me, I, I was like, yeah, we come to church. And I think in the Western culture, it's like church is, is the religion. It is the purpose. And that's not biblical worldview. That's not where God's called us to be. And so I, I wasn't surprised. And I actually think this is one of the most primary things why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. And this is one of probably one of the most significant purposes that give us the, I guess you could say the mission of what it means to equip parents, families, individuals with a biblical worldview. And it's not going to come from just us. It's, it's curating the things that we need to know, we need to understand, and we actually need to pull out of scriptures to tell us how to live life. Yeah. I think it goes back to we have so many influences in life, right? You could reword that to say, we have so many things and people and media platforms that are discipling us, uh-huh. right? And and be based off of what they're discipling us towards gives us our worldview. And most of those things, if we're honest, don't align with the Bible. Right, yeah. Another way, as I was just kind of re- reading that, another way to even 
think through that or say that would be, do we look at the world through what the Bible says, or do we look at the Bible through what the world is saying? And I think there's so many, especially of our younger kids, younger generation, that would say that they think the Bible is dated. They think Mm -hmm. a lot of the things in there are just historical things that are just dated. And, you know, it's not with what is in our culture of, of today. And so that's, it's, it's sad, but I think that's the reality that we're living in partially. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we need to talk about it. We need to say, what does the Bible say about this? And those are the questions we want to ask. Okay, this one, I know I'm going to throw it to you, Chris. Uh, faith doesn't intersect with life. Oh, this is a fact I think that we almost wrestle with in an everyday to day basis here in, um, in what we do. Absolutely. I think I'm almost a broken record now on Sunday mornings. I emphasize discipleship so much, and it goes back to a little bit what Dustin was saying uh, and Brandt. We we have so many different influences, but so many different definitions of what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I've been emphasizing over and over again that discipleship isn't just showing up to church. Following Jesus isn't showing up to church. Uh, We don't just stop at salvation. We move on towards maturity and then ultimately fishing for men, as it says in Matthew 4.19. And so when I look at this, the idea that faith doesn't intersect with life, I would say absolutely that's true. It's sad, but it's a sad reality that I think we're really pushing against. And and listen, this is not a walk EMC thing. This is pastors all throughout America that I think are are raising these concerns that we've gotten away from faith intersecting with life. It used to be, it seems like maybe it was just me (coughs) growing up, but it felt like my family took a view of life and ran it through the lens of faith. And that just seems to be a foreign concept today. And I think it's it does, siloed. Yeah, and I think that's why we say, we're saying that the biblical worldview of looking what God says, how to live life, how to live out our faith, that's really what we need to answer and how to look at that every day. The last one here is um, a, a stat that I really, I think that we have come to realize even not only here at church, I think in schools, I think in general population, that there are grandparents raising grandkids there's ra- those those raising adopted children. Um, we have fostering parents. We have single parent homes. Mm-hmm. The nuclear family has changed from the Leave It to Beaver days in so, the 1960s. So I got to ask, Brant, have you ever seen Leave It to Beaver? Uh, the new one? Yeah. There is a new one? Well, they made a movie about it in like the early 2000s. So I saw Seriously. that. Yeah. Yeah, it was wow. good. So I have a general concept. So if you have that general concept, when I say nuclear family, what, how would you define that, Brant? Uh, mom and dad raising mm-hmm. their kids, grandma and grandpas as resources and support. Yeah. yeah. And how common is that even today? And I say that based upon your experience. Yeah, it's very uncommon. And, you know, I'm, I'm a person who grew up in a single parent household and experienced uh, the opposite of that nuclear family didn't have grandparents they were all passed when i was when i was born didn't have a a ton of aunts and uncles who were a a resource to my parents and and that sort of thing and so the nuclear family became you know mom and and siblings helping raising me and um yeah and and so i was gonna play off of that a little bit because we talk about this consumer-based society well if we look at the way families are built now Parents need help. They need help. And so, of course, they want a place to drop off their kids. Of course, they want to just be fed and not pour into. They've poured into so much because they don't have the help. They don't have that 
that uh, system or resource at home. Um, I forget the author's name. Um, pain, something pain talked about like the, the um, different types of poverty in, in the world. And one of the, one of the types is, is basically this, this resource of family, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have to look at that as this is a type of poverty. They might be financially set in a lot of ways, but they don't have the resources that a core nuclear family would have. Right. And I, I want to um, even go a little further in that. And I think this isn't something that always existed mm. because before uh, the industrial revolution, you only existed with what your family had and how your family lived and you've depended on the generation before you. And I love a lot of times we don't even like really talk about grandparents, but grandparents are like a bridge Mm -hmm. of six generations. If you think about it, because the generations, the two generations that went before them, and then it comes all the way back to two generations and grandparents are pretty amazing. And the Bible, it's pretty awesome how it looks at those, the generation concept and pouring into the family. Mm-hmm. And I just think as a individualistic society through the industrial revolution, we all got to this idea that, hey, we're all going to move. It's all going to be about me. It's going to be about my family. I'm going to make sure my family's taken care of. And it's and it's lost this, this overarching, beautiful concept, um, an umbrella of generational um, impact. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, too, if, I'm, if we're going to continue on this route, when we talk about you know, where does the church come into play then mm-hmm. as, as filling the gap for that missing resource um, that some families have where they don't have grandparents, they don't have um, aunts and uncles who are investing in, they, they are a single parent, whatever the case may be, um, where does the church family play into that concept and what does God call us to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, as um, I'm going to ask Dustin this question too, Dustin, you kind of, um, I think, alluded to this even in our conversation that parents have a huge impact on their kids. And so one of your things was like, hey, you know what? We are designed as parents to disciple our kids. But as you grew up, one of your, you grew up here in this area and you had some pretty big impact um, with your grandparents and the people in your life. And you have this understanding of the broader concept of family and, and growth. And so I just wanted to get your, your opinion on what is, what's, what can we do even as a church to look at this um, as a benefit? Yeah. I mean, fam. To me, family's super important, and it's it's interesting because you know, growing up, I one of the things I had always thought that I, I wouldn't end up here. You know, I was just like I I want to get out of this area because this is where family has always been. I just wanted to go do something new, and so now here I sit, you know, right across the street from my parents and my grandparents. But there's there's something cool being able to look across the field and know that like this is this is where I grew up. Like this is my I mean my home, and it's it's been neat to be a part of that and to have the support of, of grandparents and parents and siblings to get me where I am today has been super encouraging. So as I think about the church and part of our responsibility, and Chris, I mean, had said this earlier, I mean, helping, helping equip, I mean, really helping equip parents so that they do feel like that they have the ability to go home. They don't have to have gone to a, you know, a Bible college. They don't have to have all these different degrees in theology, but just a, a basic understanding of, of God's word and to know that, you know, they are, as parents, we are called to be the primary faith influencers. And I know that's easier said than done. And as a as a younger parent myself with some younger kids, it's 
it's it's challenging and it's difficult when you feel like you're trying to do all the right things, take all the right steps, and you still have kids who, at the end of the day, I mean, as cute as they are and as much as we love them, they're little sinners. So I mean, <laughs> that's right. They is they're they're great, but trying to try to develop in them these these habits and disciplines, even at a young early age, is is hard. And for somebody you know who who's in ministry, it's really discouraging because I don't always know what to do or what to say or how to you know, how to be praying for them. So it's, how do I get that support? How do I get encouragement when in times of need that, that I need as well? So Angie, one of your roles here, actually your main role here at our church is to help us focus on families, if you will. Let's talk about this a little bit. Why have we made family such a uh, priority here at our church? Why do we make it such a focus? Well, I think that um, many people, even in Mott's on Thursdays, when it's the girls downstairs, Dustin did come down last Thursday, and he left a little bit scared, saying, I think I don't belong here. Did yeah. you go down for the snacks? I, I did. Dustin, yeah. You got <laughs> so, told to leave. Yeah, no, there's about 60 women, and we sat, and we talk about a lot of things, but one of the things that many times I've, I, I've sat around and I've said, one, is we have to understand who our creator is and what he created, and that we are made in his image, and actually, he was the initiator a family. He initiated family. He created man. He created the helper. It, when you get into study in Genesis, it's just amazing. Sometimes I just sit there in awe of how God designed this idea of family and that then he didn't just design it, but he said, I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to encourage you to to multiply and actually have dominion over the earth. There's three main characters in the Bible in God's story. It's God, the Creator, us as humans, and His creation. And He has actually given us blessing and purpose in um, this whole idea of family. And then on top of that, not only did the Bible and His story create the 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 nuclear families like what we were talking about, but He created. The bride, his bride, is the church. It's a family of believers that come together that are actually born in spirit as brothers and sisters into Christ's kingdom. And I just think as a church body, one of the things we have to remember is that we don't all look alike, and that's actually the best part of it. Because a body needs many parts, as the scriptures say. And if you want to take something out of business and Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits Synergy, and actually differences help synergy happen, help make things go forward and make a difference. And I think oftentimes we look at the church and we're like, oh, it's just a, a building with walls. And that's actually not what it is. It's a it's a living, breathing, uh, people-centered uh human uh, machine to do God's uh, mission, which is to bring people to know him mm. and to make disciples who love Jesus and love people. And so the family has multiple layers. It's definitely our moms and dads and the way we look at family, but it also is our church family. And I think, Chris, you and I um, agree on this, is that these two things go together. And this is one of the things that when I came back a couple years ago, about, well, I said a couple, oh my word, how long have we been here, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long, but the more I do the math, it, it's been a while. Yeah. What you, honestly, what are you, like six, six going, years yeah, now? Yeah, working on six. Yeah. Wow. And it sometimes is like, man, and, and Brant's over here working on his 11th month, he said today, and we are so glad that he's on the team with us and Thank Dustin's you, here. Thank you, Angie. <laughs> Dustin's no. been here two years. Yes, seasoned vet at this point. Yes, yeah. seasoned. But I. But I. The reason why I say that 
is because this is the key is God brings different people and different gifts to the table at the right time in the right place. And I, I just want to say this to our people that um, it takes every one of us on this team to do this job of church together. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a the senior pastor. It's not just the youth pastor. It's not just, you know, people doing discipleship, but it's also the people coming into the doors. We're all a church together. Right. And in that, I say this is because... Um, a couple of years ago, I said, hey, let's do this thing called family ministry. And we all go, well, who's doing it right? And you looked at, you asked me that question. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but let's try, right? Yeah. And so Brant and I have sat down and how many months have we kind of talked through this idea in, even in your time here? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked through this multiple months and, and had some really tough conversations and just asking the question, why are we doing what we're doing? What is the best uh, strategy going forward. What is God asking us to do? You know, we've sat on a lot of things and prayed through a lot of things. And yeah, ultimately, again, iron sharpens iron, right? We've had hard conversations and, and it's led to, to good fruit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of branded our idea of family ministry. We've um, kind of expanded it and doing activities. But this is the thing. It's not just one person. It's everybody together. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the the value of home when it comes to discipleship. I think a lot of times people have looked at the church and said, disciple my kids. Yeah. But that's never the way God designed it. Um, you can look mm-hmm. in the Bible and you can see that uh, he speaks in scripture about loving the Lord with all our heart and our mind and our soul and our strength. But he goes further than that. And in, in not just saying love the Lord, he, he goes on and he talks about how this would be something that we do through life. We should be living this, making this a part of our life. Love him with all our strength. And the, as uh, the commands I give you today should be on your hearts, but make sure your children learn them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a shift in our culture because yeah. I think anymore, like my parents were the ones making sure I understood this. And then the church reinforced mm-hmm. this in right. my life. Now I almost feel like the yes. church is the one that's given the responsibility to disciple my children and the parents are doing their part by just bringing them to us. Yes. Now that's a, a sweeping generalization, right, obviously, right. but I feel like that's a shift in our culture that we need to help shift back right. by equipping the parents to make this a priority in the home. And yeah. that, that was one of the major conversations that Angie and I had is, you know, we get these questions, well, why aren't we doing this for kids or why aren't we doing that for kids? And a lot of it is people want somewhere where they can just drop off their kids. And again, that's a, that's a generality, but it is what it is. That's in, in large part, that's what people are wanting. Um, and we're adamant, Angie's adamant that if we're going to do this right and, and we're going to, to really have a family ministry here, then we need to be empowering our parents to do exactly what you just said, Chris, be the primary influencers, disciplers, of their kids, pointing them to Jesus and allowing the church to come alongside them in that. And that's really why we structure our activities um, this way and why we ask parents to come alongside, be involved with your child and um, be um, in in uh, there with your child rather than us just saying, oh, hey, we'll take your child for a while. There are experiences and there are programs that do um, are designed for the kids and their right. own growth and where they're, re- you know, very related to where they're at in their faith. But the key overall concept of this family ministry is that we're meeting people in their real life, mm-hmm. um, interacting with their kids, helping them, putting families together that um, can kind of almost like, like you said, sharpen each other, yeah. small groups, those things that happen. But yet in the real 
scheme of things is it's, we're just asking parents to do the work of working with their child and equipping right. them. Right. Part of it too is, I mean, we know kids are like sponges, so they're going to take in right. everything they see. And a lot of what they're going to do is what they see. And so the best example is the most seen example in their lives. So they're mm-hmm. going to see what, you know, at home, how it's, what they feel like they're supposed to do. So they can be brought to church and that's, that's an amazing thing, obviously. But if at home is contradictory or completely different than what is being taught at church or what's being lived at church, then that's not going to be super helpful for them. And so like, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard. So I think that's why the responsibility, it's not that the church is pointing back to the parents and saying, Hey, this is figure this out. But it's more of like, Hey, we, we want to help. We want to do everything we can to help because we know how challenging it can be. But at the same time, we want we want to give your kids, you know, this example at home where they say, oh, you know what? Mom and dad's not perfect, but they're always, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about Jesus in our home. That's right. And I think that's the key, though, is what you said. We're not we're not just putting it on the parents. We're going to walk with you. We're going to walk alongside you. And I think a lot of times the churches, you know, have said, oh, you do this and then this will happen. And actually, I think this is one of the reasons we want this podcast to be so helpful is we're going to talk about real time, real life things and real questions that we're having and hot topics that are um, out there. But I want to center in on this last thing is that the family can do things that the church can never do. Mm-hmm. And this is where it comes into real life discipleship and that the family becomes the satellite that the church never can be. It goes places and meets people and has relationship and lives in real time where the church, as we said, is a real body and it's a group of people. But it that person that's in that family is touching another person mm. that will have an impact on another person. And it's multiplication in real form. And I just think sometimes we don't realize the ministry and the discipleship that happens in the home. And I think that's what we want to kind of talk about. We want to talk about how-tos. We want to talk about what that looks like. But this is a huge, important thing that we have to realize. I'll speak to that real quick, Angie, just as an example from growing up. I remember, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, and at times... I felt like I was a good kid, but my parents didn't always agree with with how I behaved at times. Uh, and, you know, my dad would sit me down, have these hard conversations with me. But my dad, if there was ever a moment where he felt like maybe he overstepped or he raised his voice or whatever, he would always come and apologize, always. And that has stuck with me to now with my own kids because I, I, now I I understand where he's coming from or where he came from in those situations of frustration or whatever. And to be able to look back and say, what an example that was to me to know how to be able to come back if you felt like maybe it, it wasn't the right way to handle it and to come back and to apologize. And as a as a child to experience that now, to be able to have those same conversations with my kids has been super helpful. And that's all from the example that he sets. Mm-hmm. So let's break this conversation down to the roles that the church plays then. Because what we're saying is really discipleship and faith is an extension. It's the family. That's where it should start. This is where uh, discipleship should take place. So what is the role of the church? What is Walkie MC committed to in your guys' mind? Well, I definitely see that we are committed to equipping families with good information that says, this is what the Bible says about this. And I think a lot of times, um, but we're also, I think, on on the side of that, we can say the Bible says about this, but we're also going to do the challenge of mm-hmm. saying, hey, have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Go in, research a little bit, find out what does the Bible say about this for you as your family. 
So we create corporate opportunities for people to come to worship, but mm-hmm. that's that's corporate opportunities for families to join together with other families and worship the Lord. But then it's it's kind of like coaching, if you will. Uh, it's 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 football, right? You you come to the huddle, get the play, you yeah. go out and you run the play, try to execute it, try to execute it, and that's right. really church is the huddle. So we talked earlier, and and I referenced how there's there's families that are dysfunctional, that are broken, right? It came from one of those. So the challenge is, you know, yeah, we can we can talk all day about our families here who who have a a biblical worldview and what their job is to do with that. But there's so many people out there, and this is what Angie was alluding to, who need that outreach from the church. And that's our job. We our job is to be the grandparent when there is no grandparent. Our job is to be the parent when there is no parent, or to be the aunt and the uncle, to be the resource. Um, and, and that's not just our job as a church staff. That's our job as, as people who attend this body. We are all stones, and Christ is our cornerstone, right? So go out there and play your part. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think that's the part where we see the greater body doing work inside of the little um, communities of homes and places God placed us. So, Angie, uh, these people who are listening wouldn't know this, but you've been busy. You've been hard at work. You've uh, begun to gather some resources. You've begun to gather some different ways that people can gain knowledge, gain information, and uh, begin to live this out. Talk to us about some of these resources that people have a chance to look forward to and to watch for in the coming days. Yes, one of the things um, we have built out even in this last year is a new website. And so our website's going to feature a page called At Home so that we can place not only our podcast there, that this conversation, but it's going to be a place that we're going to um, write some articles, some blogs, some thoughts that we have, maybe a little bit of a challenge that we're facing in our own lives and how we've worked it out, but also resources and places that we have gone and we've seen and curated to know that this is this is what helps us form these biblical worldviews, helps us form and make decisions for each um, and um, as an individual faces things in their lives. Because here's the deal. We aren't sitting around here saying, um, you should do this, you should do this, but this is what you can do. You can search out God's word. You can see resources and uh, ways of looking at uh, the problems, I guess the circumstances that God's put into your life and looking at um, different you know viewpoints. But the ultimate thing is that it's your walk with Jesus and your walk with your family. Mm-hmm. But we invite you into this greater understanding of what it is to not only walk together in your family being on mission, but what it means for us as a church to do this together. That when you come to church on Sunday, you're connecting with that other person that you know is going and um, having that. So one, the website, um, we have it. it's home at walkiemc.org. You can email us home at walkiemc.org with some of your questions and some of your things that we're going to talk about. We have uh, four upcoming episodes of hot topics. I'm really excited because each one of us are going to take a hot topic and we're going to talk about it and we're going to lead the discussion. And then we also have a Facebook page that we're going to build out and be able to share all these things on in our blog. And so I think in the end, um, with the resources and the things that are out there, families can just kind of settle in, find their way of doing things and say, hey, you know what? I I ran into this. This wall kind of came up in my life. Uh, Can you help me kind of discover what I'm supposed to do? And maybe we may not have an answer. We just may say, hey, this is what the scriptures say. You know, let's do it, you know, God's way. That's good. Any last thoughts? All in. All in. All in. Well, we want to thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast today. 
We're excited about where we're going. Uh, We ask that you share this podcast. Make this a resource for not just your family, but maybe your friends as well. We would love to get your feedback. We want to discuss these hot topics that Angie alluded to. We want to discuss topics that need your perspective and and that we can maybe share perspective that you could gain from. Uh, Angie alluded to an email address, home at walkiemc.org. Email us your questions. Email us your, your thoughts. You can message us on our Facebook page at Home with Walk EMC. Until next time, we thank you for joining us. God bless you as you do your best to bring discipleship into your home.